Welcome to Smart Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Smart Cleaning School podcast. This podcast is going to be broken up into two back-to-back episodes, and it's entitled, How I Sold My Cleaning Business. This podcast releases on the three-year anniversary to the day that I sold my first solo cleaning business. And over those three years, so many cleaning company owners have asked me how I did it. They told me before I sold it, the same people, that you can't sell a solo cleaning business because you just own a job and a job has no value. I didn't believe them. I'm not going to start this story where it really started for me. And that's where God put a dream and a vision in my heart to leave upstate New York and go home to the Philadelphia area. I want to confine this story to the how and the process of selling my first cleaning business. So you can see the practical steps that I took. But I realized as I was writing this out that my story is pretty in-depth. Even with me cutting out as much as I have, the length of this podcast would have been 40 minutes long. Thus, I decided to turn it into two episodes. I think you'll thank me for it. This first episode will focus more around the vision and the beginnings and also my evaluation process of how I got my number. The second episode of How I Sold My Cleaning Business Part 2, that'll be more of the how I found my buyer and struck the deals and got the documents done and the money, all that kind of stuff. So there's the front end and the back end. It really was meant to be one episode, but it just got too long. So it's broken up. Here we go. Let's roll. Once I made the decision with my wife, Teresa, that we were going to leave New York and sell our business. I had many initial conversations with friends like Vincent Puglisi, Billy Altman, John Vandermeulen. Billy and John both have sold small businesses, so they were tremendously helpful, and I appreciate all that both of you have done. So thank you if you're listening to this podcast, Billy Altman and John Vandermeulen. I learned a lot and even gained valuable insight into proper expectations. Here's some of the things I was hearing and learning. It's hard to get full price. Don't be afraid to do owner finance and take payments. Use legal documents and document every step of the process. The original decision to sell was made in November 2017, and I had to leave New York by late June 2018. That gave me seven to eight months to get the job done. That's nerve-wracking and overwhelming. But I didn't have time for that. I had to get stuff done, get in the action mode, and quickly. I first shopped it around to see if some local cleaning companies would be interested in buying my list of clients. And after a quick, rough evaluation of the company of $50,000, I contacted three cleaning companies just to see where I stood. One of them ignored me. One of them said no flat out. And one of them was partially curious and was willing to sign a non-disclosure agreement or an NDA 
that I received a template from John Vandermeulen for. Thank you, John. And this company signed the NDA. They reviewed the business and the numbers, and they came back to me with a not interested. So I never even got a bid for my business from other cleaning companies that ran with employees. Honestly, I wasn't surprised. And the initial people that were telling me I couldn't do it, it was looking like they were right. But I was not swayed. I knew that I was going to have to be more creative and package the offer differently. I had to sell a dream and offer it to people looking for what the dream provided. I knew that I had a great dream to offer. I had optimized a cleaning company from five days per week of cleaning to two days per week of cleaning. And my income stayed the same around $55,000 per year in profit. I knew that was a pretty sweet offer to give to anyone that did not like 40 hours a week because I knew that this little two-day-a-week cleaning business could double or triple someone's income that they took 40 hours or more to do. So I felt pretty strong that there was someone out there that my business would be an amazing fit for and they would be willing to invest into it so that they could have a career change and options and flexibility to pursue the goals that they had. So I knew that this was going to be a great deal for somebody. I just had to find that somebody. I started by calling a few people just to see where it stood. And maybe this might be a fit for them. And on each of those conversations, I could tell that they were not the right fit. I then realized it was going to be a numbers game just like anything else. I considered making a list of what I would say to each person in a script starting with every person in my phone contact list. This was a big list and felt pretty daunting and overwhelming. But yet again, I could not fall into inaction or overwhelm. I had to get this done. It didn't matter how many people I had to call. I needed to find my buyer. I needed to get something of great value out of 14 to 15 years of blood, sweat, and tears I poured into this business. And it's a great business and I knew it. I had to change the way that I was thinking about selling the business. And I certainly couldn't just go through 600 people without any kind of a plan. I needed to do some strategic thinking. And so there was a cleaning conference coming up, and I'd never been to a cleaning conference, so I thought, perfect. I'll book myself into a cleaning conference. It was in Dallas, Texas. I'd never been to Dallas. It was called Speed Cleaning and hosted by industry leader Debbie Sardone. I knew that would probably help me get my thinking straight, maybe give me some ideas and come back from that conference energized with a plan that I could go through my phone in that strategic path to find the right person quicker. It all sounded good. So I just had to go and execute the plan. At this time, I was also working on the value of my company. I'll share my valuation process in detail since I get asked this a lot. Here's where I started. I had to build the price from my numbers up. Think of what an appraiser does in real estate. I've known many appraisers over the years and my wife's best friend, her family business is appraising. So I've even seen it close up and personal. And here's what appraisers do. 
they look at individual components of homes and they build up a price. Then they figure out what comparable prices are in the same neighborhood or similar type of homes to compare the house price by the build-up method and see how accurate it was. I knew that I was going to follow the same process. I had already heard that valuation for a business uses a profit multiplier method. So I had lots of research. Well, what was my profit and what was my multiplier? I kind of assumed, well, it's a simple thing. You just figure out the profit and the multiplier, multiply the two numbers together, and voila, there's your business valuation. Then I would simply go on bizbysell.com, get my comparables, and voila, I'd have it. It wasn't that simple. The numbers were pretty intense. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade, so numbers come easily to me. And my spreadsheet was deep and long, and I was able to pick apart numbers. And this analysis took me the better part of two weeks. I will not lie to you. This was not simple. However, I did complete it, and it taught me a lot. I'm not going to go super heavy into numbers, but I will be sharing some details. So in this particular podcast series, I do recommend that you go to the podcast show notes. You pull them up and you kind of read along because the audio does follow pretty close to the text that's in the show notes. And you can read along and you can see where I'm at. I want to first reference an article from Inc.com that I found. The link is in the show notes. And in this article... I found what I was looking for, the nine factors that make up the profit multiplier. And here's the nine. Recent performance of your business, ease of transition, financial records, clientele, products, recurring revenue, staffing, location, and brand or reputation. The second article that I found very useful is on SDI. Seller's discretionary income. This is very important when you're calculating the profit of your business when it pertains to a sale value because there's different types of profit. We have to account for owner perks and that's what seller's discretionary income is, the owner perks. We have to remove that from the profit. And the article I've linked in the show notes, it goes through how to calculate the SDI. I fully updated my numbers and removed all the owner perks or SDI. These, as I said, are the expenses that we as owners are legally allowed to take as tax deductions, but are not considered legitimate expenses of the business for sale purposes. The only expenses that should be included are operating, marketing, and financial. Items like the owner's cell phone, home internet, business trips taken by the owner, these are perks. I then figured out how much time I worked in my business and replaced myself with an employee receiving a reasonable compensation for the work that I was currently doing. I assigned that reasonable salary to the position. Then I took the total profit from my bookkeeping software, which I was using QuickBooks Desktop at the time. I removed or subtracted the owner perks, which is also the SDI, and I subtracted the salary and payroll expenses of the person that would replace me as the current solo cleaning owner. This represented the profit of the company to an investor for one year. This investor would hire somebody and run the company. 
See, when I was getting told that solo cleaning businesses are just jobs, you can't sell them, that may be true for some of you because you need to generate enough profit in your current solo cleaning business to make it sellable. Here's the formula. Your total profit, subtract off your owner's perks, and then subtract off the cost to replace you because no one is interested in buying your business with you in it, and you certainly don't want that either. And they don't want to buy a business that they have to work in. So to value the business, you have to look at it from an investor's perspective. Now, when I sell the business, I'm going to be selling the dream and for someone to become me, to become a new solo cleaner. However, to evaluate the business, I cannot account for that. I have to look at the business valuation from the viewpoint of an investor. Does that make sense? Okay, let's keep moving on. I want to now share with you each of the nine factors and how I graded myself and came up with my profit multiplier for my business. I'm not going to read you every detail of these nine factors. I'm going to try and hit the high level things and some of my comments along with my own score. Here we go. The first factor, recent performance. It says here, for recent performance over the past two to three years, did your business revenues and profits increase steadily or were they flat or declining? And so for me, my revenues have dropped, but my profits have gone up. I gave myself a three or a conservative two. Under ease of transition, does your business have policies, procedures, systems, and staff, etc.? This makes it higher, or is it difficult to transition to a new owner lowest? I'm a solo, so I had to go pretty low here, but I did give myself a two over a one because I do have a system as a solo cleaner since I teach a course on it. Financial records was the third factor. Does your business have clean, complete, accurate financial statements that reflect all income? And my records are impeccable. I gave myself a four in financial records. This is important. Are you keeping good financial records? Clientele. This one was a little shocking, but I like it. Do you have a broad base of profitable clients with no client representing more than 5%? Also, how long have you kept your clients? And I have my clients for, at that point, four to five years and they were ranging between 2 and 10%. This was very strong for the size of my company. So I gave myself a 4 and a conservative 3. Products is the fifth factor. Does your business offer distinctly different, better, and difficult-to-copy products and services? Does it serve an exclusive territory, exclusive product, etc., etc.? I wrote, the cleaning business in general is cookie-cutter with no differentiation. So it forced me to start from ones, but I did niche myself with reputation as the specialist, so I bumped myself up to a number two here. The sixth factor is recurring revenue. Does your business sell via subscriptions, monthly fees, automatic delivery programs, and so on? Yes, my business was over 84% recurring, thus I gave myself a score of four here. In the seventh factor called staffing, Does your business have key staff with transferable contracts who will assist with the business transition? Okay, let's get serious here. I'm a solo, thus straight up a one. That was my lowest grade. It was quick to figure out. Location is factor number eight. If your business success is reliant on its location, this was a little more complicated depending on the market area and the desirability of the area. 
I'm in Albany at this time, and it was a growing area, lots of technology coming in. So I had to grade myself pretty high with a four just because of where I lived and the way my business was positioned. So if you're out in the middle of a farm somewhere, you'd get hurt on this number, I'm sure. And the ninth factor was brand or reputation. Does your business have a well-known name, respected reputation, and top position within its competitive arena? So as a solo cleaner, I am the niche expert nationally. This gave me a slightly higher number than the average, but also locally, my business itself had a very high reputation. I was known as the specialist within the real estate industry and also amongst many other types of cleaning niches. So I had to give myself a four after having been networked for close to 15 years in the area and many people knew me and my brand. So there you go. That gives me an average of a 3.03, and that's my profit multiplier. You see how that works? It's a little bit strenuous, and you'd have to grade yourself to do this evaluation. Well, what's my number for each one of these nine? You have to be honest, and my number was 3.03. And as I mentioned before, my profit number to use in this sale was $26,228. I multiply that number by the 3.03 multiplier and my business valuation, building it from the ground up, was $79,500. So there's a lot more detail. It took me a few weeks to go through this. I tried to do a rough and dirty version on this podcast so you knew how I got my number of $79,500. Again, as a quick recap, 3.03 was my profit multiplier based on the 9 earnings multiplier factors or the profit multiplier factors. And then I got my profit by taking my total profit minus the cost to replace me and adding my owner perks or SDI back in. And that worked out to be 26,228. Multiply those two numbers together and there we go, $79,500. So now that I had built my price from the ground up from solid financial records, I needed to compare my valuation to actual businesses that sold, similar to pulling the real estate comps as I mentioned earlier. I found 17 businesses on bizbysell.com and backed out all of the numbers that I needed. This sounded easy, but it, it really was not. This is what took me a long time because these businesses didn't share too much, but I had to back out the numbers because I know how the numbers are calculated. That's not easy, like I said, but I had the superpower, in a sense, of my engineering background to be able to do this. Anyway, some of these comps were already sold, and some were for sale, so I took that into account. I narrowed down the 17 businesses to the seven that most closely were comparable to mine. Then I compared them the seven to my business and made better than or worse than determinations. This part was not as scientific as I would have liked, but I did have a complete picture of each business for sale or had already sold, like I said. And I put myself in the seat of the buyer who could choose between the eight available businesses. Remember the seven comps and mine, that's eight. So here are my notes from back in December of 2017. Business number two is the only other solo cleaning company. They want $45,000. I have twice the profit and efficiency. Business number 16 is 30 years and a great client base. 
they are almost double in revenue and equal in profits after owner's draw. Their multiplier is much higher than mine at 3.75, and they're asking 90000 They have two employees to hand over. They are better than me. Business number 13 is similar to number 16 with 30 years and selling due to retirement. So they give reasons why they're selling. They have two employees as well, similar profits to me, yet selling at 95000 They are also better than me. Business 7 and business 15 $75,000. My profits are identical to both. Their advantage is they have two to three employees. Business 12 does nearly twice my revenue, but shares the same cash flow as mine. They wanted 58000 but they are top-heavy with eight employees. This puts my value above 58000 because I am better than this company. Business number 17 is an outlier and I must reject it. This dropped my number down to six businesses to compare to, and here's essentially what I came up with. From this comps list, I determined that I was not as good as the companies selling for 90000 and 95000 I was clearly better than the solo company priced at 45000 I was very comparable in many ways to the small three-person teams selling at 75000 My takeaway from this week-long analysis gave me comparables business valuation for my company between $70,000 and $80,000. This was so cool because the comps analysis was showing that my ground-up approach was very accurate. My personal profit multiplier valuation, as I mentioned, was $79,500, which is on the higher end of my comp range of $70,000 to $80,000. So thus, I just went with 79500 as my price. I assumed I would negotiate and possibly walk away with 30000 to 50000 and I would be as happy as gravy. Do you have a headache yet listening to this? Do you regret if you're one of the ones that ever asked me this question? Ken, how'd you do your business sale? Maybe now you're like, I will never ask Ken again. Or maybe, just maybe, you're a nerd like me and you loved this entire part one of how I sold my business. So let's put a bookmark in this podcast and we'll stop part one here. And in part two, here's what we're going to talk about. How did I find the buyer? How did we set up the purchase agreement and work out the money stuff? We're going to talk about that. That's a big part too. So this part one was the numbers part. The second part is really the emotional, the work, the finding the buyer. What I thought was the hard part. But I will give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. It wasn't as hard as I thought. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening to part one of How I Sold My Cleaning Business. Make sure to tune back in for part two. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to Smart Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.